Pastor John to come up and lead us because uh, he'll do that during his, uh, his time with us here from the pulpit. Um, well, this is Reverend Dr. John Peter, right? More, more appropriately, right? Uh, Pastor John recently acquired his, uh, his doctorate, but he's got qualifications uh, all the way through up to the doctorate. So we are privileged to have a very seasoned man of God and a very seasoned team. As Auntie Vijay mentioned uh, just now, this is uh, 49 years in ministry, right? 50. This is 50. 50 years in ministry. That is, that is formidable. That is formidable. So we are really grateful to God for, uh, for the example you, you've set. Um, I'm reminded of a song it has been humming in my head for a while. Uh, I forget the name of it, but the, some of the lyrics go, and may all who come behind us find us faithful. Right? And uh, so we are really grateful to be ministered to by a humble servant of God. I must also say that uh, your youthfulness, both of you, betrays your age, right? And uh, we, are, we are really grateful to the Lord for as much as you are eager to go to heaven. We, we really enjoy you being with us. And, uh, and I like what Paul says, well, you know, although I'd like to be up there, but as long as I'm down here, I want to be of service to all of you. And I see that over and over again through the example you, you leave and the time you spend with God's, God's people. So it's a privilege for me to call Pastor John Peter up to the front to address us. Pastor John, will you come? Thank you, Pastor. Well, we're glad to be here today. Uh, yeah, there's one thought that has been lingering in my mind that we don't despise small beginnings. Uh, that's what the word teaches us. Uh, in our experience, we've been to churches of all sizes, all colors, all shapes. Uh, in my own personal experience, being uh, uh, sometimes overseas, you know, I've been in churches where there were 5,000 people, but I've also been in churches where there were five people. So. To me, that won't make a difference. Uh, many years ago, when our BCM prayer meeting started, we had one this past week, Pastor. Okay. And uh, we were using the hall in uh, Phoenix Community Hall. And when the early days we started, we I think one evening we had about five people there. And uh, we had a speaker, and, and some of you may know Pastor Abel David, I think his name is. He heads up the prayer, you know? Yes, yes. I had him to speak at that uh, prayer meeting, and I felt so bad that when he came, there were only five people, you know? What I admired, what stuck in my mind was that Pastor Abel David presented a uh, message on prayer like he would have spoken to 5,000 people. And I admired that. I, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I think people feel, well, listen, it's a small group, so don't worry how you go there and what you say. It's not important. I think it's such a wrong way of looking at it. You know? So I come here today uh, 
very careful in my thinking about where we are. Because I believe, as we prayed this morning before we left, God is here. Yes. Yes. And uh, we may not see the church full with people's presence, but it's full with his presence. Yes. And I think that's what we need to respect yes. as well. So thank you, Pastor. We're glad that we're here this morning to share God's word. And I heard my brother, Arthur, your name is, eh? It sounds like you're from the Eastern Cape. <laughs> I've been around to know where people come from. So I can say to you, Molo Baba. And of course, in Gabule. But before you start, and I know you didn't, uh, one thing I neglected to mention is Dr. John Peter is the director of Bible Centered Ministries at BCM, Bible Centered Ministries for Africa. But globally, Bible Centered Ministries is global, like in every nation of the world, right? So literally, there are hundreds of uh, churches and affiliates uh, with Bible Centered Ministries. Yeah. Dr. Peter is the director for the Africa arm uh, of Bible Centered yeah. Ministries. Right? So when you see that, uh, that the acronym BCM, or the, so that's Bible Centered Ministries. Yeah. Yes, so we, our focus of ministries Africa. Uh, as much as we do some work in India and other places in the world, but our focus is Africa, starting from the Eastern Cape. And by God's grace, I've been right up to West Africa in Cameroon. So uh, we were born and brought up with black people in our growing up days. <coughs> the first school we went, both of us, we went to school with uh, a black school. Okay? That was a few centuries ago. So, uh, being associated with black people and, and uh, some of their cultural practices and so forth, we're quite used to it. And, uh, like I said, whenever someone speaks, uh, I can almost like tell they're either a foreigner or they're Zulu or they're Kosa. <laughs> Right. But you know, I'm speaking on the fact this morning that we are the children of God. Amen. Yes. And uh, that to me is the bottom line. And my verse that I want to share with you is verse 1 John, chapter 3. And it says that, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we to be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that had this hope in him purified himself even as he, Jesus, is pure. And you see, that's in my spirit today that I, I thought wherever we go, whether it's a big church, whether it's a small church, whether they are blacks, whether they are Indians, whether they are whites, we are the sons of God. You know, I think that's something that we need to emphasize and, and reaffirm in our lives. Because many times I think we think otherwise, 
But the fact that, you know, we are called the sons of God, to me, that's uh, such a great privilege. <coughs> you know, so, as, as the uh, John was writing this epistle to the family and the children of God, uh, it is amazing that that verse begins. And I want to suggest to you, as we talk this morning, and give you a few characteristics, maybe four characteristics of the sons of God. All right? And to me, that, that to me is very, very uh, conspicuous in the Word of God. So I want to suggest to us, firstly, children of God this morning, that when we talk about the characteristics of the sons of God, we want to understand, firstly, that our dignity is great. All right? Our dignity is great. And sometimes we are in a predicament like we are this morning, and as, as we think of a smaller group, we think we're small. And we think we're insignificant. And we, we think we start begin to compare now, you know, we look at other people and other situations, and we make ourselves small. That's when the discouragement sets in. But when I read a verse like this, it says, your dignity is great. You understand? Why? Not because of who we are, but because we are the sons of God. And you know when the uh, epistle begins with these words, behold, it's not like a casual look that. When, when uh, the writer, through the inspiration, wrote that word, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we call, we call the sons of God. That idea of that behold is, you know, like you have to look with like, you know, right, real great excitement. Like, you know what, I cannot believe this. It's not a casual, you know, well, let's just look at the idea that you're the son. No, no, no. We behold with such great excitement to know that we have such dignity. For example, if we were at a function, and Cyril Ramaphosa walked in. I said, we're going to look at that guy in a much different way than we look at each other. <laughs> well, he's a president, right? Or some big, you know, a dignitary, dignitary comes in. We won't just give him a casual look. That's the whole idea. We, 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 and this is what the, the Word of God is saying. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. You know, what he's telling us today, God's people, that we are people of dignity. Yes. We are people of honor. God looks at us and, and we are so privileged to be called his sons and daughters. So I want us to understand that in the challenges that we face in life, every day we have challenges, uh, we look at ourselves and you know, all we have to do is to turn back and go into the book of Ephesians and Ephesians chapter 2 will help us to understand what we came from. Ephesians chapter 2 helps us to tell us what our background was. Our background was, it says, that we were dead in trespasses and sins. Understand? Ephesians 2. And he says that in, in chapter 2, the word of God tells us, you have been quickened. He's talking about us. He's made us alive. You who have now been made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin, who walked according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, all of those words actually tell us where we came from. Mm -hmm. 
and what we were. And I want to say this, outside Jesus Christ, there was no dignity about us. Alright? Any person that's outside Christ is walking in trespasses and sins, and according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says they're dead. You know, I can imagine uh, a dead uh, corpse walking. Uh, I don't think many of us would be hanging around if we saw a dead corpse <laughs> walking. I, I still remember, you know, I, I, I watched, um, what's that uh, comedian for uh, I, I, I watched Leon Schuster. All right? Leon Schuster, in one of his uh, movies, he was uh, uh, putting a prank on people. He had a coffin. I don't know if you saw that one. Yeah, you saw that there, brother. He had a coffin there, and he, he wanted to put a coffin in the taxi now. He's telling the people, the, the taxi driver, listen, man, I want to go somewhere with this. Uh, I want to go and bury this, my friend. He died. Can I put uh, this coffin in this taxi? I'll tell you what. When the taxi driver, he, he totally refused. But Leon Schuster and his gang, now they forced open the door to put that coffin in. I'll tell the people in the taxi. Hey, they, they ran to the light. Huh? Because, I mean, uh, when you look at uh, someone that's dead, you look at a corpse and something's going to life to it, you know. Uh, it's not a very pleasant sight. I'm going to do a funeral this afternoon, uh, cremation. And we've done so many recently. I don't actually like going inside there. You know, after the service, when people go downstairs to the, where the actual uh, furnace is, I can go in, I don't have a problem, but it's not a nice sight to see this lifeless body going into the fire. It's not a nice sight, but I'll tell you what, that's what exactly Ephesians 2 tells us. You who are dead like that, in trespasses and sin, hath he quickened. He made us alive. Today, you and I were in that condition, we are called now the sons and daughters of God. This is the dignity I'm talking about. Alright? So the first characteristic I'd like to suggest is that we are children of dignity. So I want to say to us this morning, the next time you feel you're nothing, the next time you feel you're a nobody, uh, I want to say this, consider your dignity. You're the sons and the daughters of God. I would like to suggest that as a first characteristic this morning, sons and daughters of God. So that's what the Word of God says. Just take a look at this. You know, just gaze upon the fact that this great God has now called us his sons and daughters. That's because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Your dignity is great. But then also, that verse goes on to say that therefore, because of that, because of our great dignity, and because of what God has done in our lives, because of that the world knoweth, knoweth us not. So I want to suggest to you that the, the next characteristic of a son and a child of God, not only is our dignity great, 
There's not only a dignity about us, but there's what we would call a distinctiveness about us. We are different. Okay? And the verse says, that's why the world doesn't know us, because it knew him not. So the characteristic I am suggesting is that not only we are children of dignity, but we also we are distinctive. There's something different about the child of God. There's a distinctiveness and there's a difference. And we need to understand this, that when we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and as the Bible says, we become new creatures, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and being Christ is a new creature. All things pass away, all things become new. I can say that things are being, we are not different. And the world does not know us. Actually, I can say they shouldn't know us because we are, we are different, we are distinctive from those that don't know Christ. And so I'm suggesting to us this morning that our whole life changes when we become the, the sons and the daughters of God as we mentioned. Our life is a life of denial, a life of honesty, a life of truthfulness, a life of commitment, a life of faithfulness, and as Pastor has used that word earlier on, it's a transparent life. Uh, and, and that's why Romans tells us that, uh, you know, for some reason or the other, we must understand this, that when we become the children of God, we don't, we don't fit into the system and into the mode of this world, because we're different. I'm not saying that we have to be different uh, in the sense that we are queer. No, no, no. But our walk, our life and our testimony, and, and as I'm mentioning some of these things, our, our commitment, our truthfulness, and the fact that our lives are transparent, and we're not walking anymore according to the cause of this world, like we've been delivered from. So I am saying to us this morning that we, we need to understand this, that we are called the sons and the daughters of God. With such a great dignity, there has to be a difference. Yes. Understand? It's very hard for me to understand how uh, many who call themselves Christians, sometimes for a short time, sometimes over a period of time, but their lives are not any different. You know, God must help us. That all through the days in life, the challenges that we face, we are called to a life of difference. So that people, when they see us, they see we are not like them. I'm not indicating in any way that we need to keep ourselves aloof, you know, high and mighty, uh, unapproachable, people can't talk to us, and when we walk past them, we look the other way. I don't mean that, okay? But I'm saying this, there is an expectation from us, from God, for us to be different people. We cannot live the same lifestyle that we had before we came to Christ. Alright? Now we are called the sons and daughters of God. Remember that. Okay? Can you imagine if somebody called you, you're the son of the president of this country? We are much more greater than that. We are sons and daughters of this great and mighty God. There is a distinctiveness about our life. Has to be. 
But then as we read on in that text that we have before us, it says in verse 2, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear. Now this is what uh, Vidya was talking about this morning, and we are talking about pastor saying that uh, as much as we want to go away, we need to be around as well. <laughs> but this is what the Bible says. We know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Now, you know, people tell us today, in fact, it's amazing we have an unsaved neighbor that lives behind our house, and the other day she was telling us, uh, she said, somebody told her that the end of the world is uh, going to be soon. And as a Hindu, she's telling us, uh, we don't know what's going to happen, do you know? So I told her, and I, Vidya and I were talking outside in the yard, I said, yeah, her name is Melissa. I said, Melissa, we need to talk to you one day because uh, you're wondering what's going to happen when the world is coming to an end and what's going to happen to everybody. I said, we're going to tell you, we know. We're going to tell you what the Bible says. You know, the answer is yes. Uh, so people are worried about the future. So I'm saying to you this morning that not only we as the children, sons of God, we are, we are people of dignity and we are people of distinctiveness, but our destiny is fixed. Understand? We know. We know what happens when our life on earth has ended. Because as that verse says in uh, verse number two, we know. And uh, we need to ask ourselves this morning, can we say we know? Or are we people like others that say, you know, I just don't know what's going to happen. I may not know what's going to happen today, but I know that's in the hand of God. Yeah. I may not know what's going to happen tomorrow either, because my future is in the hand of God. But I also know what's going to happen at the end of life, because my destiny is fixed. You understand? Because as a child of God, I'm going to tell the people this afternoon at the cemetery, as we come at that body, we're going to say that, as according to the Bible says, the tongue of God will sound and the dead in Christ will rise. And that we which are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Who's going to tell me, you don't know what's going to happen to you. I need to understand that the Bible tells me my destiny is fixed. And it says in that verse, we know that. So, you know, as we listen to the word of God, as we fellowship with one another, fellowship with the, with the word and with the, the Lord Jesus Christ, our knowledge of our destiny being fixed, has to be affirmed and reaffirmed all the time in the midst of the challenges that we face every day. And I'll tell you what, we live in some very uncertain days. Eh? If you know what's going around in our community, in our country, with the economy, you know, people say, don't worry about all of that. I want to be realistic. We're living here on this earth. And those things affect us. But as much as those things affect us and touch our life daily, we know that our destiny is fixed. And then one of these days, the trump of God will sound. And as many people say now, no more we say that Jesus is coming again, we say that he's on his way. That's how serious it is. When we look at the things around us, we believe the Lord Jesus Christ is on his way. And we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I know there's a lot of questions about heaven, what we're going to be looking like, would we know our people, 
somebody asked the children always ask me, is there going to be any animals in heaven? You know, there are a lot of questions about heaven. But I tell you, we may not have the answers to a lot of things. We don't know. But this one thing we know, that our destiny is fixed. And that when the Lord Jesus Christ comes, we shall be with him, as that verse says, and be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We need to ask ourselves, uh, as we come to church every day and read the word of God, are we really sure? What's our destiny like? Where are we heading to? Where are we going to? The Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. And I remember in my Bible school days, in the 60s that was, the singer chorus which said this, with eternity's value in view, Lord, with eternity's value in view, may I do each day's work for Jesus, with eternity's value in view. Our values should not be set and settled here on this earth. We do it with eternity's value in view. So we go through situations in life, challenging, discouraging many times, but I remember reading a quotation that said this, don't focus on what you're going through, focus on where you're going to. Are you with me? Don't focus on what you're going through, focus on where you're going to. In Zulu they say, you're going forward. Because our destiny is fixed. And I think we need to live with that, being conscious of the fact that we know, we know, we know for sure. That's one of the characteristics also of the sons of God. Let me suggest the last one that uh, I could leave with you this morning. We are the sons of God, and verse number 3 says, And every man that has this hope, right, that's our hope, right? Our future is in the hands of God, our destiny is fixed, we're going to be with Jesus, he's coming again. And it says, that's our hope. And this hope is not a, what we call a wishful thinking, I wish it's going to happen, no, it's a certainty. Remember the whole image saying, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. All other ground, sinking sand. Sinking sand. My hope is built on nothing less. We know, we have this hope, that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. Now he says in that verse, everyone that has this hope in him has a duty to perform. Okay? Now I'm suggesting to you finally this morning that we have a duty that is very clear. Every son and daughter of God has this in mind. Our destiny is fixed yet, yes, but we have a duty that's very clear. And what's a duty? It says in that verse, everyone that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he, the Lord Jesus Christ, is. We have a duty, my friend. Okay? It's, it's a delightful thing to know that we are the sons of God and that He is coming for us 
as his children, but we have a duty that is very clear. It says, every one of us who are now called the sons of God, we have this wonderful hope, but we have a duty that we have to perform. And what is it? It's the fact that we need to keep ourselves pure. You know, we hear a lot of messages today and uh, mostly it's about all the blessings and all that God has to bestow upon us. I don't deny that. I know God wants to bless us. But I don't, I, I don't know if I ever heard recently anyone speaking on holiness. You know? Without which the Bible says no man can see God. That's a serious how it puts it. And we are saying to us here today, church and children of God, that those of us who are called the sons and the children of God, we have a, a duty that is very clear, to keep ourselves holy. Holy in every area of our life. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7 says we are called to holiness. That's our calling. And I tell you what, in this sinful wicked world that we are living in it's not going to be easy you know i'm sure you do when we pray for our children every morning we pray for our grandchildren we pray for our ministry we pray for y'all pastor and uh, wife who are here today and we 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 we, we just concerned as to how our children are going to make it in this world if you know what's happening in the schools on a Saturday night, no, Friday night, <coughs> one of the schools that our daughter teaches in, they went for a, what do they call that? Well, one of these little banquet kind of thing they have before they go to the next uh, class. Right. So the kids put a performance and all the, you know, drama, dancing and all these things. And, uh, we, we called her at about 10 o'clock because she had children come. Paul wasn't finished, wasn't far away. We thought maybe they had gone for supper or something. Meanwhile, they had a situation in school where a little five-year-old, uh, grade five boy, grade seven boy, grade seven boy would be about, uh, how old would he be? 13. 12, 13, yeah. Well, he came to that uh, school thing with a knife in his hand and uh, stabbed one of the boys. Oh. And he must have been a little boy. I mean, that's not an unusual thing we're hearing in this day and age. You, if you watch the news, have you seen how many children were stabbed and killed in school recently? And I know that I'm talking, and uh, we, we come from uh, the old uh, school, of course. <laughs> and nowadays, we would never hear of a thing like that. All I'm saying is that that's the day and age we're living in today. Our children are faced with those challenges. Our grandchildren are faced with those challenges. We are faced with those challenges in this terrible, wicked world we're living in. For all that we can be tainted with in our spiritual lives, and we are given a very serious duty as the sons and daughters of God to keep ourselves pure. 
and according to my knowledge of God's word, that's one of the characteristics of the children of God that, that uh, we have called to holiness, to keep ourselves clean and pure. Very simple things I'm suggesting to us here this morning. Just for us to be encouraged to know we are not a nothing or no one. No, no, no. We are the sons and the daughters of this great and mighty God. And I, I hold on to that. Doesn't matter what people are saying, what they will do to you, what they think of you, as we keep ourselves pure and looking for His soon coming, I realize I'm a child of this great God. So my dignity is great. And in no way should the enemy come along and, and try to rob us of that kind of thinking. And say, listen, you're a nothing man. Nobody knows you. You're good for nothing. No. We hold on to the fact I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. My dignity is great. I, not because of who I am, but because I'm a child of God. And then I have a spiritual responsibility to be different. There has to be a difference between my life. There's a distinctiveness <coughs> that people look at us as Christians and say, well, you know what? You have to be different than the world. How they do things, how they say things, we are different. And we need to understand that despite the confusion and chaos and uncertainty that exists all around us, we know where we are going. Our destiny is fixed. And that we have a spiritual responsibility and a duty to keep ourselves clean and pure until we see Jesus face to face. Be encouraged with the word of God this morning. Let's pray. Father, we bow before you this morning. We acknowledge your word which is indeed a lamp to our feet and a light to our heart. That in this day and age that we are living in, with all that we are attacked with the weapons that formed against us, they shall not prosper. <coughs> Thank you that despite circumstances all around us, the Holy Spirit impresses on our hearts and minds today that we are the sons and daughters of God. What a privilege that is. Thank you, Father. Thank you. In your great mercy, you came to this world to save us. And we pray that you keep us faithful, looking forward to the day when we'll see our Jesus face to face. Keep us today in the days that are ahead of us. And we pray this morning, Master Selvin, Diana, the assembly here, we speak the blessing of the triune God on this ministry. No weapon formed against it will prosper. It's your work. It's your church. And you said, I'll build it. We accept that and believe that. And thank you for your word to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor John, for that... Uh, for as long as I've heard Pastor John preach, I've, I think I've always heard alliterations. You know, it's, uh, it's catchy, it gets you there. 
and um, we are grateful. We want to thank you for coming and ministering.